Yalla Habibi! Yalla Habibi! And welcome to another episode of From From the Lower Level! I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. And Moshi, today I dressed in black because I'm here to murder these bitches. (laughs) What an iconic line from, I think, the belle of the ball, the MVP of the Real Housewives of Dubai, Chanel Ayan. Um, if you can't tell from our intro, this is a special bonus episode of From the Lower Level where we are breaking down the first part of the Real Housewives of Dubai reunion. Um, now, we know that not all of you are aboard the Dubai train and we get it. It's a little bit different. But you know what? You need to be taken outside of your comfort zone because I think we are being introduced to some people who are going to be just iconic housewives. I think you've already quoted Chanel Ayan, but there's definitely a mix of women here who have made a bit of an impact, I think have done a pretty good job um, for a first season of Housewives. And, you know, this was a real learning experience for me, Patrizio. As you know, I knew nothing about Dubai. You were you were filling me in, but I think Dubai is is pretty compelling. Yeah, I, and I think there's been criticism about, you know, the dynamic and all the rest of it. And I think maybe the one thing that I'm willing to, you know, concede at this point is that I think a lot of times, Moshi, you talk about how the city or the location is a a character in itself. And that was especially true for somewhere like New York City, right? The city was a character. And then during COVID times when we lost the city because they couldn't go out to events anymore and all the rest of it, we saw it across all the franchises that the shows did lose a little bit of sparkle, right? And, And I think the one thing I will say about Dubai is that Dubai at the end of the day is a very artificial city. It is, you know, the government is really trying to create something that perhaps isn't like forming organically and that is reflected I think a little bit in the show so I do get it that if the people are saying that it feels a little fake that it's not really natural that there's sort of like the the putting it on I think that's just the city itself that's an interesting um, perspective. I hadn't even thought about it that way. For me, what I've started thinking about is I'm wondering if a bit of it as well has to do with COVID, because I think we can all attest to the fact that at the moment, a lot of the most recent franchises are at half mass. I think we even see it in Beverly Hills. Just the fact that we can have like episodes where half the cast is missing in action purely because they're struck with COVID. I think it it does say something. And I think that does sort of infiltrate the dynamic a little bit there. Yeah, I think we're coming into a point now where the next iteration of housewives is going to be much it's going to recover and i think we've already seen it in places like cheshire 100 percent. i that was literally what i was thinking of i think um i think to a certain degree real housewives of atlanta as well and um i know we'll talk about it on our on our next episode later on this week but i think now that things are this sort of return to normalcy sort of thing is starting to happen we're also going to start to see people i think more comfortable um, with letting us into their homes. But I, I've put together kind of like this little list of what 
I think has made Dubai really compelling and why I think, you know, people should be open to watching it. I think you do sometimes have to give something a few episodes. And to be honest, there's only 12 episodes of Dubai plus the reunion. So it's not like it's an extensive um, season. But for me, the first and foremost is that this is the first time that Bravo has produced a franchise outside of the US. Yeah, like a real Housewives franchise because they, they are really the only one that kind of comes close is Ladies of London, but 100%. that was not real Housewives. No, definitely not. I think the other side of it is you spoke a little bit before about how Dubai as a state of mind, as a way of life, shall we put it, is really all about sort of this artifice. But at the heart of that artifice, and this was the thing that I learned sort of in the first episode that made me like, really sort of interested and wanting to learn more is that all these ladies are from different parts of the world. Like even those that are from the US, you know, we have three ladies who have lived in the US. They're they're all from still completely different backgrounds. You know, we have uh, Jamaica, we have Lebanese, we have all these other identities going on, which these women own, right? They, they, they wear those ethnicities on their sleeve. And I think it's like kind of nice to have this melting pot, especially if you're somebody who's been asking for more diversity in a show. Like here it is. And I think they even call that out. I mean, to jump ahead just a little bit too, like the ladies literally say like, even though there's three black women on the cast, like the actual reality is at these like international schools and the, you know, the, in inverted commas, expat community, it is still majority white because it is a lot of people from the UK or from the US, perhaps Australia as well. So, um, you know, it is very interesting to have such a strong, diverse cast that even probably doesn't quite reflect that actual situation on the ground, right? A hundred percent. I think on top of that is the kind of myth busting that these these women have been able to do for us because, I mean, Dubai is still a conservative country, but I think a lot of us have our own specific thoughts and ideas on what it means for them to film in Dubai. And I know they touch on it as well in the reunion episode, but I think, you know, just straight out of the jump, we're seeing women who are in charge of their own lives, who have successful businesses and who are for all intents and purposes just living a regular degular schmegular life. That was a Cardi B quote, regular degular schmegular. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I I just think, yeah, there was a lot of myth busting for me anyway personally on what my expectations were for being a woman living in this society. Yeah, and it's by no means Saudi Arabia. <laughs> like I think yeah. that's what people think of when they think like the Middle East, it's got to be like this, you know, extremely conservative, like women can't like leave the house, drive a car. And it's just, yeah, Dubai is not that at all. Because again, it goes back to this thing of like the government has really pushed to have foreign investment and you can't get foreign investment if people aren't allowed to lead the lives that they would back at home, right? A hundred percent. And then finally, I, you know, the reason that I think people should watch is at the heart of kind of why we all watch Housewives, I think, is we are interested in how the other half live. We want to kind of see rich, obnoxious women. 
And if there is one place in the world where the rich are going to live, it's Dubai. Now, I know there is some speculation as to how wealthy each of these women are, but for the most part, they give us glamour. They give us luxury, right? They give us rich. They do. Um, (laughs) You don't seem so convinced, though. You know what it is? I think at the end of the day, Dubai to me is a lifestyle. And I think I don't don't think you actually have to be rich in Dubai to live that lifestyle, but it is very much, I mean, the UAE used to have like a Friday, Saturday weekend, but it would literally be like you'd go out on a Friday. This is, I'm talking the, like, again, commas, like expat community. Like you go out on a Friday to brunch and it's a boozy brunch, right? And like people just get wasted. Um, And I feel like not everyone can do that, but in Dubai, everyone does that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird to have such a large segment of society that's able just to, like, live it up, live large. You have said expat twice now, and I wanted to tell you this. About um, immigrants. <laughs> well, no. Well, I got this concept the other day because I have a friend who has recently migrated to another country, and they use the term expat, and I was like, come on now. And what I was told, and I kind of really, I like this definition. So an expat is somebody where there is an intention that they will move back, right? So whereas like they're jumping in and jumping out, that freedom of movement. Whereas if you're immigrating, you're immigrating, you're not, you're not coming back. So I think we can definitely say that these women are immigrants because it doesn't look like any of them want to go back to America as they tell us in this reunion. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Brooks, because she's only been there for 10 years now. I know. Well, let's get into it. So let's talk about this reunion. Let's start with the set design. There is sand on the set, Patrizio. They are building the sand dunes. Obviously, New York is the place to have the reunion now because they do these elaborate set designs only in New York. It was the same. Remember Salt Lake City? They had that little, like, pond thing. It's going to have um, water. It's going to have a moat as well. But I wonder if they filmed that in New York or Atlanta. I haven't seen yet, but, like, I just have a feeling that, like, I feel like even the Beverly Hills women, like, are they going to be flown out to New York for the reunion? Yes. And a big part of that is because Andy is not leaving New York because he's got two kids now. Interesting. Oh, well, I also just feel like the sets have become so much more, like, like, it's actually, like, so intricate. Yes. There, there's a lot of money going into the sets now. It's it's amazing. Um, but it is um, Caroline Sanbury's desert engagement party. That's the inspiration. Did you yeah. get that? I, I just got Dubai. <laughs> like, it really could have been any of it. All right. Now let's talk about, should we do seating first or the outfits first? Let's talk about the gowns. The gowns, gowns, the gorgeous gowns. Now, I know we posted them on Instagram when they happened, but who is your best dressed of the women and who is your worst dressed? Um, my best dressed is Miss Lisa Milan. Um, I, I just can't go past the breasts. I know, I know you. And just like 
you are much like everybody else is just waiting to see if they will pop out. And for me, it's the fact that they don't pop out, which is like why I'm like iconic behavior. I hate to be a pervert on the podcast, but I'm literally you, like. You hate to be a pervert on the podcast. You're a pervert every week. <laughs> but I'm just like, I like, I sit there and I look and I'm like, can I see Areola? Like, is so it that's, about that's to drop? You've got some Oedipus issues going on there. So. <laughs> um, the, I mean, the funny part was I was breastfed. So like, I don't even know where this all comes from. But... I mean, you've got an Oedipus, you've got Oedipus <laughs> issues. It's very Freudian. There's a lot going on here. Um, and then, but I, you know what I will say? I, my worst dress is definitely, oh. I think it is Stanbury. Just because I feel like, first of all, I hate those fucking cowboy boots. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Um, but I will say this. Brooks's outfit was not as bad on film as it was in the photos. Look, I, I don't hate Brooks's outfit, but for me, I feel like I've seen it before. The thing that I loved about Brooks's outfit was that it's from Nigeria. Well, yes, honey, she had to get it made. She got it, but like she goes the way she had to fly to Nigeria to get it made. And like well, I don't we know, know we know why. Because that's where the that's where the man is. That's, that's where the African man is. Exactly. I you know what? Look, I, I've got nothing against it. I just was like, it was like an interesting tidbit to me that the dress came from Nigeria. Well, it's not that far from Dubai, so it makes perfect sense. It's not like a huge, a huge flight. The only thing that I, I question when watching this is, and so, so one of the ladies, I can't remember who, calls the t- Lisa and Chanel Ayan highlighters, right? Yes. Because they're both wearing yellow. Sarah who says that. Um, do you think, um, you know, remember the COVID, like, um, stay-at-home Atlanta reunion where they were all wearing white, but the story is that Nini was told that everyone's wearing black. So she wore a black outfit and then got <laughs> on the Zoom and saw all the other women in white. And it was like a setup by production to make her look like she was just trying to be like, you know, not not follow direction or whatever. I just wonder why the other ladies are in these really like muted colors, but Lisa and Chanel Ayan are the ones that have chosen color. Like, is it an actual, like, has someone told them that there was a different theme to everyone else or has everyone just had different interpretations of the theme? Like, I just thought it was, I was curious. I'm pretty sure the theme is sparkles and everybody just has a different interpretation. And to be honest, Lisa Milan and Chanel Ayan are on the pulse of fashion because it's all about neon right now. It's all about those those colors, particularly like greens and yellows. And also, I hate to say it, like I have a like they're black women and they know what pops, right? And they are chocolate. They are dark. They know what is going to pop. So they just want to look their best. Like I just think it's that they just have a higher taste level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to fashion, Lisa Milan has a fashion line, and Chanel Ayan is a model. Like. Their taste level is different. Sorry, Sarah has a fashion line also, a fashion company or something. I'm sure she does, but nobody's taking fashions from her. Um, I do want to say that I completely agree with you on your choices, but I want to give an honourable mention to Nina because her face, 
is beautiful. I think I said this the first time when I saw her wearing a cap on the show, but like her, on the TV show, her face is, is not doing her justice. But on the reunion, she looks like like 15 years younger. She, her makeup, her face, everything, it is flawless. Her skin, just radiant. The only thing I will say to that is how did you notice when she got such little screen time? Because this is the thing. When she does get the screen time, I can't take my eyes off her. Just but and I'm looking at it going, there is not a pore. There, like the just her makeup is just the way they do her skin, because you know, I'm obsessed with skincare. I'm obsessed with just that glowy, shiny, natural. And her face looks like the face of somebody who should be 20 years younger. Like it's just great. She's if she's had work done, if she hasn't, whatever she's doing, I want her routine. I want to know the steps. Um in terms of the lineup, the seating arrangements, we've got Sarah, uh, Lisa Milan, and Shanaliana on one side, and then in the other side, we've got Stanbury, Brooks, and Nina. It makes sense. It makes sense. I I like it. But one thing that I do want to call out is um, Shanaliana and Stanbury are the first ones to set, and they're both seated beside Andy, and Andy gets a call from the Naomi Campbell and stresses that it's not a setup because Naomi Campbell literally calls to ask Chanel Ayan to model in one of her shows and Stanbury's face. (laughs) I'm like, this is worth it. It's worth it just for this moment. Well, I'm sure Stanbury would like to probably say that she she's she hangs out with Naomi Campbell. They go to the same parties. I'm sure that's what she would say, right? Yeah, she she'd say she's not bothered, but her face looked bothered. Oh, Stanbury is completely bothered. And and we'll, we're going to get into it, but she's oh. completely bothered by the highlighters, right? Like she is <laughs> not having any of it. Like not at all. Okay, I know we are going to talk about it, but one thing that I do want to talk about is right at the beginning, once all the women sort of are sitting, there are a few rumours that need to be cleared up. And when I tell you I cackled when this first um, rumour was was supposedly cleared up because I was like, are they coming specifically for you, Patrizio, with this one? When Andy said... There are rumours that the Dubai government is behind the franchise and is sponsoring it. I was like, does that mean people actually listen to our podcast? Are other people saying this? Patrizio, what did you think? Like, I want to know, in Patrizio Anon, do you believe it or do you not believe it? I am still remain unconvinced. I just, I don't think, like, I think obviously there is this sort of level of the women wanting to clear up misconceptions and to sort of, you know, like, you know, they live there and this is their experience and all the rest of it. But, like, I just thought it was, like, a little bit too... Convenient. It it just, it felt like somebody from the tourism board is giving them some, like, pointers on the things that they should discuss and, like, not to bring up. Okay. So that could just be media training, not the freaking government. No, I think I like I think you know what it is. Perhaps the government has not sponsored the show, but perhaps the government has said, Yeah, that's cool. You want to film this show here, that's fine. But 
here are the requirements that we have if you're going to film it here, right? Like you can't, and I mean, this is also just the law there. Like, you know, you can't talk poorly of the royal family. Like you can't talk poorly of this. Like you can't mention this. Like I'm sure that there were a lot of requirements. So perhaps maybe maybe then my opinion is that the government didn't like sponsor it or, you know, wasn't like, you know, didn't come up with the idea. But I think they had some involvement in sort of like what, what this show was allowed to show and not. Like, I'm sure physical violence, that would never have been allowed on, like, UAE TV. Okay, so then my question to you is because this comes up when they talk about um, demystifying things about homosexuality and women's rights and their lifestyle. These women have lived in Dubai for so long that do you think they need to be guided by the tourism board or the Dubai um government when they are um, like for all intents and purposes living as emiratis so they understand what the rules are so for them it's not rules you know like for me if i moved there it would be like a whole bunch of new concepts for me to have to learn but this is their life they're used to it so could it also just be this is their life and that's they just know not to talk about those things yeah i mean look definitely it is that i mean um the the homosexuality stuff like I thought that was really interesting I think that was like a genuine conversation that they were having about that because that like what they're saying is true right it's sort of like it's not just like a, a certain like sexuality that's not allowed to express like PDA it's like it's everyone right it's the same as how you dress like of course you can wear a crop top and like you know daisy dukes but you also have to be mindful that that can get you into trouble and it's probably not something that they are policing but like you know if they're looking for you to like put you in jail for something else i'm sure that's the excuse that they're going to use right we saw you walking around dressed immodestly um and i think that's just common sense anywhere you travel like you know you go to any place that is a more conservative country like maybe like for example morocco like Mm -hmm. in morocco you're also probably not going to have your shoulders uncovered and you know like your arms out your breasts out like that's also not respectful in that country right so yeah like i think that's more what it came down to it wasn't that they were saying that homosexuality is illegal it was just that like you shouldn't do any of that because it's disrespectful. Yeah, and I think they spoke to it as well in terms of like it's not specifically that like um, same-sex PDA is is banned. Like there's just all PDA is banned. And I thought it was really interesting that they said that it wasn't to um, accommodate like the Muslim faith. It was purely just to accommodate the fact that it is such a melting pot of different ethnicities, religions, everything. And the idea is like, just don't do anything so you don't offend anyone. I thought maybe that was like an oversimplification. But at the same time, I was like, I mean, if that's the motto and that's the, the company line, I get it. It checks out. I think, you know, what would have been interesting as well, if they had had a conversation even about like, well, what about Christmas, right? Because if you go to Dubai in Christmas time, like there are decorations everywhere. There's lights on and all the rest of it. Like it is it is Christmas in Dubai. And the, the reasoning is that I think one, because Christmas has become commercialized, right? So you have all the sort of stuff around it. Obviously there are people there that live there and celebrate Christmas too. That the Islamic faith does recognize Jesus just not as the son of God. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, it's the same thing. It's sort of like they do 
they still have Christian holidays there to accommodate people who live there. It's just that, like, you know, they also have Islamic holidays. They also exactly. have Buddhist holidays. They, they they celebrate everything. And that's how life should be, in my yeah. opinion, right? Yeah. Anywhere so, you live, if you live in a country that is like a melting pot and it's not like, you know, a single culture, we should be, you know, recognising when it's Diwali or like, you know, when it is Christmas or when it is like Yom Kippur. Like, why not? It's not even that it's about any sort of exclusion. It's actually just about like so much inclusion. Um, and it, they just don't subscribe to homogeny. I mean, I love that. I love that. And for me, again, that is the thing that I found so compelling about this show. And I think you're absolutely right. It would have been better if they could have even gone deeper into that. And I really think that's perhaps what we're going to see in season two, potentially depending on when and how it's filmed. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the ladies. So on this episode, I think it's going to be like a two-part reunion, right? I have a feeling it's going to be three. And my theory is because when it's the like the last episode, they always say next week the reunion concludes. Like I feel like that's the line that gets like brought out. I will say as well that this reunion episode was quite long. Um, I think with ads, it was a bit over an hour potentially. I don't know, maybe it just felt that way to me. But in this episode, we learn from Stanbury, we learn from Brooks, and we touch on Lisa Milan in terms of who gets focal points. And then there's a lot of intersecting um, stories. But I let, let's talk about Stanbury. We mentioned her at the beginning of the show and how bothered she is. But in this in this sort of highlight reel of Stanbury, we they talk about her future plans for babies, her influencing, and of course they talk about Sergio. And my big takeaway from this section is that I don't think they go into Sergio enough. Well, I mean, if it truly is a three part reunion, there's like still time. Because I feel like they didn't really get into like the wedding, for example, and all the drama that was like connected to that and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. So it was interesting for me to hear that they are still going forward with their plans to have a child with one of their embryos. But my takeaway from it was that this notion that um, Sergio had made it a deal breaker was not the thing and that they are open to like surrogacy and doing all these other things right I mean, yeah if if Sergio understands what surrogacy means like <laughs> I honestly just think at this point the the biggest issue that they have is the fact that they can't do surrogacy in, in the Dubai. UAE like yeah. and that's and and as part of that, that Sergio wants to be involved in the surrogacy process as well. Like where, like remember actually, I don't even remember her name now, but like on Ladies of London season one, they had that housewife who was doing the surrogacy thing from London with the like, yeah, in in the the surrogate was in like LA, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously they called, but they're like, you know, completely removed from the situation until the point of like, he's your baby. Whereas I think Sergio would literally, like, I can imagine having, like, a three-person, like, pregnancy photo shoot. Like, Sergio is holding, like, the belly of the pregnant lady and then, like, 
And it's a, it's a, actually, it's a little Handmaid's Tale when I think. It. So it was giving me Handmaid's Tale very much. Um, but I think the other side of that is if you look at their Instagram, they spend so much time outside of Dubai, they'll be fine. Like, I think that that's a bit of a cop out. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. But like, this is my prediction. Caroline Stanbury is never, she's not getting pregnant ever again. Like, I don't think that that is going to happen. I think even on even on the basic opinions that I have, her health alone, she should not be carrying a child at her age and given her medical history. That's exactly um, it. And she she seems so flippant about it when it's discussed, but I do think that she is thinking much deeper about it and just not, she's not giving it all away, you know? Well, I don't think she can until she's had the conversation with Sergio, right? Like she's not going to get up on this like reunion set and be like, well, I've made some decisions. Like Sergio. Yeah, but I, I think she's had conversations with Sergio as well. I think that has happened. He doesn't get it. He's he not, no comprende. Well, let's talk about non comprende. So they touch on Sergio, on Sergio, yeah. on Sergio. And there's a few things that come up. So number one, like, what is Sergio's job? What is his money? Did he ever actually play football? Um, and number two, they glide over the racist tweets. Oh, and the racist tweets? <laughs> I think I've spoken to you before. I think we've spoken a lot about this before, that nobody is able to get other people to to talk for her like Caroline Stanbury? I have. I have some strong opinions that I want to Mention them all. Mention them all. Go. Um, So first of all, I just felt like the the problem with the reunion is Chanel Ayan, unfortunately, was uncensored. And I think that, like, as we've discussed throughout this season, Chanel Ayan's strength has come in minding no no giving no bitches no mind whatever the saying is right like just like no mind yep just let them let them kill each other because at the end of the day she's a star and i just felt like when she was going after sergio i completely agree with her i support what she's saying like what soccer contract like how much do you get paid if you're not even put on the field like it's great questions but i just felt like i was like you just let 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 it look like the crap that it is because you don't need to get involved for Sergio to look bad in this situation, right? So, and on the racist tweets, yes, mention it all. I think to me, there is some kind of agreement amongst everyone except for Lisa Milan and Chanel Ayan. And what I mean is. The way that Lisa Milan calls it out, right? Brooks jumps in and she's like, I've dealt with the situation, which I was like, this is like the dumbest thing ever. Why are you the one that needs to deal with it, first of all? Like, and why are you the only one getting an apology? Getting your one black friend to do to stand up for you. I don't know if Caroline Stanbury realizes it, but it made it worse. To me, anyway. Oh, I agree because. And then, but this is this is where the this is where the the what are we calling it? I mean, it's not even like Moshanon anymore. It is like Bravo and on like H and on. Yeah. H. This is where the H and on comes in. 
The way that Sarah jumps in and says that she got her company to investigate where the tweet came from. The, the metadata t- and all that shit. The yeah. tweet wasn't connected to the Instagram account, which I'm still trying to figure out what that has to do with anything at this point, but that somebody wrote the tweet and posted it onto his account and he has no accountability. I'm just like, Sarah, like, why are you in this? Like, this is not your mess to be a part of. What you're saying actually doesn't really make much sense to me either because at the end of the day, you you own your profile on Twitter. Like, that's that's you. That is a reflection of who you are. If you paid someone to write that or you wrote it yourself, like, that's on you now. So it doesn't matter if it was linked to his Instagram or, like, Johnny from, like, ABC Marketing wrote the bloody tweet. Like... It's not okay. I I, say, and the addition of Sergio is the least racist person I know. Like, if you have to, if you have to say someone is the least racist person you know, they are most likely the most racist person. So, a hundred percent for me is they hit the three bounds, <laughs> the three things that you should not do. And for me, it's like I don't know which PR agency you use to help you concoct this crap, but they are not current they are not of the moment we have seen this done better on housewives (laughs) and i was just like this is where i'm just like you're stuck a little bit in the past this this is not how you handle this situation the biggest like the biggest fail for me personally was when brooks had to say that sir was it brooks or was it caroline i can't remember one of the carolines was like Sergio didn't even know the N-word, never heard it before, didn't know what it meant. I'm like, dude, okay, like that, if there's one word that we all know and know that we're not meant to use because it's like incredibly hurtful, it's that one. Like, But for me, Chanel Ayan calling this the Minion reunion at that point when they were all just like, because they all went into overdrive. It's not just that they did a little bit of defending they went full balls to the wall and it is not a good look. So, I mean, was it the Minion reunion? A hundred percent. But once again, this is Caroline Stanbury's strength. She always gets people to throw themselves under the bus for her. It's what she did in Ladies of London and it's what she's doing now. And I can only, like, it's hardcore manipulation as well. And I can only think that she has something on everyone. I don't, is it that she has something on everyone? Or is it that, like, it's the same thing again of, like, people are just so enamored by Caroline Stanbury. I don't know what it is. What, you, what, what about her, be her best friend and will ride or die with her. I mean, Brooks, I can understand in the sense of like, I think Brooks is like this classic housewife that just picks a housewife and goes, well, I'm right on die or new now. Um, like we saw with Jennifer Aiden, right? She was yeah. like, Teresa Judice, like that's the winning, that's the winning like ship here. I'm going to like ride or die. But I feel like Brooks has chosen the wrong, like she should be with other girls on the other side. Well, they all should be with the other girls on the other side. But I think what's happened is, they have they have created this artifice that the other girls are bad and that they're the non-mean girls. What they don't realise is they're all mean girls. And you have to be a mean girl to be a housewife. Like there's no way around it. But for me, the way that Caroline Stan, I, I just, watching that for me, I was like, this is classic Stanbury, the way that she got the minions to to talk and act on her behalf. I 
like you have to kind of applaud like do you know what I mean like in this day and age for somebody to be able to do that it was interesting but I mean this is the point as well where we really start to see that the factions are big for whatever reason highlighters are determined um, but let's let's move on. And the next person who they look at is Brooks, who I think got a really good edit in this section. I I think that Brooks, I mean, you've had your issues with Brooks this season. Personally, 100%. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I just think I've actually enjoyed her story. I think she's actually given more than some of these other women have. Um, and, like, although she has been a spoiled brat and she is, like, the worst housewife out of all of them, I think, yeah. in terms of, like, how she, you know, speaks to people, how she, like, handles her staff and all the rest of it. I mean, I think that we've seen a journey and, like, I think it was really interesting the way that they summed it up. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm happy to see Brooks for another season. You see, and this is how they get you. <laughs> if it hadn't been for the reunion, I think you would have been done with her. That edit that they gave her, and, I mean, none of it was a word of a lie, but I, I just think that she got a really nice edit. I do have some questions, though. And what are your questions? So we learn about the spa. Now, I went. I did my detective skills. The spa does not exist. The website takes you nowhere. I went on the Instagram for the website. All of the pictures are like sample, like their stock images. She's still hiring and she's talking about a second location. Where is the first location? I thought I saw that they had a soft launch. They do have a website, and but the, it take the links take you nowhere. <sighs> I mean, okay, six days ago on Instagram, the glass house opening soon. That's when that was the day of the reunion. So what do you think? What do you I, think? I just think like I'm happy for her. Like I think the spa will happen, but I think she is lying a little bit to us about it. Okay, the way that I just opened up this like page and it's all Lorem Ipsum. Ipsum. Exactly. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> It's a hold page. Like, she's done all the right things, but it's taking you nowhere. So she lied a little bit. <sighs> but I'm happy for her. Um, I do think, though, she is, like, she gets a good story, but I do think that she's filler. Like, I just think that she, her, you know, you know how, how Stanbury has managed to get her on side is that you know, she really thought that, like, she, Brooke, Brooke sees herself as, like, up there on Chanel's level or on Lisa's level, and she's just not. And that's that's how they are all together is because they're, they're just, like, they're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> like Plus, a rat searching yeah. for a food. A hundred percent. Um, but you know what though, when I look at the complete cast, I'm like, when, when you're like, when I say there's another two episodes, I think of the reunion, it's kind of like how they've given all these three ladies, like a segment. I'm like, what are they going to do for Nina and Sarah? Like, I actually don't know what their segments would even be. Well, and I think that that's fair enough, but, um, 
they do touch on the feuds that Brooks has had because she's had feuds pretty much with everybody on the show except for Stanbury, I think. They haven't had, like, a proper feud. But I think the other thing that was really interesting that I liked about Brooks is that she jokes a little bit about how much she drinks. And I don't, I, I mean, she was definitely lighter on the reunion and it was like this lighter story from her, but I think they still could have gotten a little bit deeper with Brooks. I think she got let off really lightly for bad behavior. I, I don't know. I mean, un- unfortunately, like I said, I think she brought a lot. Perhaps it wasn't all positive, but she brought something to the show when I think that other ladies in the group kind of were a bit like flatline. So I'm happy to look past bad behavior. That was my that was meant to be my news resolution as well. Actually. I'm looking past bad Ooh. behavior. Start thinking about 2023, honey. We are done with 2022 reunions. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've got some months left. So the women, the housewives globally are allowed to like be on their bad behavior. They're allowed to do the things they're not meant to do. But next year, perhaps I will take a different stance on on housewives. But I, I don't, Brooks, I think she was compelling. Like her, and we didn't even get into all of it. Like her marriage, her divorce, her child, like, but she gave us enough that I'm interested to know like next season. Like I think it's really interesting that her husband, her ex-husband was willing to be on the show that there's actually been some sort of like progression in their relationship as well because of it. Like that is really interesting to me. And yeah, maybe they didn't get deep enough into it, but maybe that's the I want to know all about her procedures. She has a very different face <laughs> than the ones we saw in some of those pictures. I think a lot of it is her hair, though. Like, I think it's just, like, the wigs have changed. There's a, there's a nose job in there. There's chin in, like, everything. She has had the works, I'm telling you. Well, maybe maybe she's testing out all the procedures that will happen. I mean, she looks part. good, though. Like, I'm honestly, like, if she has, like, people should, like, that's the face that you take to the doctor and say, I want this. You know what I mean? I think all of these women are extremely beautiful. Like, I think Caroline Stanbury, I, you know what I will give her? If you, there was, she posted a photo or someone else did of Caroline Stanbury at age 21 to now, same. Oh, the same. same. Yep. Still looks exactly the same. Yep. She's, she, cause she, she's really good at doing the filler and things like that. Um, okay. So the last person that we, they end up sort of talking to and talking to their story is Lisa Milan. And this is where the temperature starts to turn up because now the focus is on the highlighters. And the rest of the, what what do we call the girls who are not dressed in highlighters? The rest of the basic bitches um, <laughs> have turned a corner. And the first bit of shade is the ice in the pool, which was pretty iconic in that first episode, right? It was, like, interesting. But this is their moment. Stanbury is going to take anything that Lisa Milan, Lisa Milan could open mouth kiss Rihanna and Caroline Stanbury would find an issue with it. This is what I mean, though, because I de- definitely think that the issues that the highlighters have are so, like, normal and genuine, but, like, the basics are they're ready to fight and they're going for every little thing. I think, you know, we talked about, um, you know, social media a couple of weeks ago on the pod I just want to say that the way that 
Lisa Milan then posted the TikTok of Caroline Stanbury putting ice in her swimming pool as well. She's, I'm like, She's ready for it. It's the right of reply on social media. I'm willing to forgive it in this instance, like because someone had to be called out on the bullshit and that's Caroline Stanbury. And I love that. We also had another homage to Miss Goat. I know we spoke about Miss Goat a couple of episodes ago. Miss Goat had more character development and storyline than Nina did. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but then we also get into Mina Rowe and this controversy that one of Caroline Stanbury's friends is at. They've stolen designs of Caroline Stanbury's friends and there's a whole shenanigans. All I want to say is that Caroline Stanbury is not friends with this person. Caroline Stanbury went digging to find someone who has something bad to say about Lisa Milan because they're a disgruntled ex-designer or something like that. They're not friends at all, right? Um, Any other housewife, I would, like, co-sign Stanbury on this as well, but I know Lisa Milan has a legitimate, like, business. (laughs) has a legitimate business. Like if it was any, if there was anyone else, like I'm, like if it was like I don't know, like Teresa Judice, I'd be like, mm, like yeah, I kind of believe it. Like, but when it comes to Lisa Milan, I'm like, no, like she has like, like at the end of the day, there is no greater endorsement than Beyonce wearing your maternity wear. Thank you. I'm sorry, Thank like she, Lisa Milan won. Like, there's no like you can call the disgruntled ex employees who gives a shit. Like Beyonce is wearing Mina Rowe, and I think we're gonna see. Was it in this episode or it's next week or this week's episode where apparently Lisa Milan is gonna get called out for being an escort? Which I was like, whenever you say escort to me, I'm like, that's like the highest echelon of sex worker, right? So to me, I'm just like. Why are we still sex shaming people at this late in the game? Because Stanbury's going to find anything that she thinks is going to make Lisa look bad. Um, Stanbury is in a transactional relationship with Sergio, whether she likes it or not. He doesn't have a job. (laughs) Look, Lisa, you know what? The the thing out of all of this, I just love to see the fire that Lisa brought because we only really got to see this in perhaps the last like two, maybe yes. three Towards episodes. Towards the end, yes. She was very much like at the beginning playing this kind of like middle person, the kind of like peacekeeper, sort of like towing the line between Chanel Ayan and like whoever she was feuding with at the time. But it was only in the last couple of episodes where she was starting to speak up and say things and actually like have a side and then at this reunion she's like I think she's had the time to watch the show to like have the people support her on the Twitters have Caroline Stanbury be extremely bothered and you know what again it's kind of like Lisa I don't know why you're wasting your time let her be bothered let her sit there and just like fucking be Nancy nincompoop I don't know like so for me one of the things that I think, particularly from this reunion, my takeaway is that Lisa Milan is, like, while Chanel Ayan is a star in her own right, she would be with or without housewives, but Lisa Milan is going to be an iconic housewife. She gives me the vibe of, and I don't know if this is just because, you know, she's spent some time there, but she gives me, like, 
she could, she'd be great on Miami. Do you know what I mean? She's giving me that sort of vibe. You know how those women bring, I hate to say it, they bring a bit more fuego. Like I get that from Lisa Milan. She has so, she's so multifaceted. There is so much to her. She is so dynamic. And then on top of that, the way that she can just hold her own, like she holds court. I think if we use the term the force multiplier, when you look at this cast, really Lisa is the only one I think at this point that could be the force multiplier because it's definitely not Chanel Ayan, although she is a strong housewife. She's definitely not moving things along. Lisa... Finally, and I think she found it at the end of the season where she was kind of like willing to sort of be like, actually, you know what, Nina? You're the reason why I have these opinions about Stanbury because you're the one that said all this suck shit about her and then you made me feel a certain way and now you're best friends with her. Explain that. Like, that's the shit you need. You need the housewives that are like calling people out and like making them explain like why they're doing certain things. A hundred percent. And one of the things that she did call out in this reunion episode is that, well, we found out that Nina has a business, Patrizio. Her fruitcakes. Her fruitcake business. You know now, what? I'm not, I'm not saying anything against fruitcake business because I love me a fruitcake. But <laughs> where was the business? Like you are not allowed to announce a business if it hasn't been on the show. That's the way that I feel. And again, I think this like spoke to the whole thing of like Lisa was like, I actually brought you my my business on the show. You other people are talking about businesses that you have, but like where are they? Where are they? And like who does eat fruit cake? I agree with Chanel. Like it's I, I do like fruit cake though. I, I mean I like it too, but do I go to the local supermarket and buy fruit cake? No. Will I eat it if it's given to me as a like a party favor for an event? Yes. No, there's a time and a place for fruit cake though. It's it's for me, it's like a Christmas cake or something. Do you know what I mean? So uh, once a time, once once a year. Okay, yeah, that's what I mean. Which is but but that, that speaks to the point of like you can't just Nina, you have not spoken about you've been the French fry queen do this whole thing. If you're going to have a business, it needs to be fucking fr- about French fries. Like don't just come here bringing fruitcakes because it was laughable. <sighs> I just, there are so many issues. <laughs> I'm really excited for the receipts. I'm really excited for us to get into the burn book that Stanbury has bought that has the picture of Lisa Milan with <laughs> the nose on the Okay. Couch. And this really bothered me that I'm sorry, but the Lisa Milan's Book of Lies with the Pinocchio nose, it's kind of iconic. Like oh, It is <laughs> amazing, but we need to know what's inside. Do you know what I mean? For me, it's like I need to know what the receipts are that are actually inside because you can, this is what I think. I, for me, it's like if that inside is empty, then it's exactly like Caroline Stanbury. Like puts on a good show up front, but when you open it up, nothing. I I like that meme that was posted on our Instagram not too long ago that was like, I feel sorry for like the the employees at the printing places when these women <laughs> get their receipts printed for their reunion. Like there was some person had to serve Caroline Stanbury and she was like, I need this book printed. And she has to look at the book with this, like, ugly-ass photo on the 
the fact that you think Caroline Stanbury did this herself and didn't hire a minion or her children to do it. And what makes you think she doesn't have a printer at her house? If she has a business where she has to do contracts and all that shit. Oh, ma- no, Moshi, you can't get that kind of like, you don't get books printed at home. Like they, she had to oh, get that. It's like a, it's a binder, Patrizio. No, it was like a book. It's a 10 day turnaround. Like I'm telling you. <laughs> Not a 10 day turnaround. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's the same as, you know, when um, I think Wendy and Jennifer Aiden also brought out the receipts. That was on like a thick GSM. That was like, it was cut to a set. They are custom orders, Moshi. You don't just print that from your home printer. I'm I'm gagged right now. That is insanity. Well, you know what, Patrizio? We will know more on part two, possibly the last re- episode for Real House of, of Dubai um later this week but I am really looking forward to finding out what they have to say about Nina and Sarah and of course I think they're going to finish like they're going to end with Chanel Ayan of course right I mean I'm really curious to see I think the next episode my prediction is it'll be like the finishing off of Lisa Milan and I don't mean that in like we're going to finish her off um I think Lee, Nina and Sarah will get like five minutes each and then I feel like it'll be Chanel Ayan or perhaps they'll get into some of like maybe the events of the season. Like I feel like we need to get into like the engagement party. We need to get into like the, the UAE 50-year fashion show. We need to get into like what was the final event of the season? I never remember. Like, No idea. I want to know if we're going to actually come back and talk about Sergio again. I am I am more fascinated about Sergio. Do you think he's there? Yes, 100%. He's out the back. 100%. But he's not coming. Do you think he's coming out to set that? No, because there's not enough there's not enough house husbands who are as engaged as him. I think if there had been at least two more house husbands who were like properly on the show, then 100% yes. Even though Lisa's husband kind of was which actually I think next season we can expect to see more of Lisa's husband. Moshi, you know what I will say is that they generally bring the friends of out onto the couch, so we might see Sergio. (laughs) Shade. And on that note, I bid you adieu until next time. See you later, Moshi. Bye.